0: Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the show. Today, I'm going to be talking to a guy who knows a thing or two about anxiety. My name's Chris Sutton. This is Mental Conversations. I'm I can be so And we're rolling. That's it. It's simple as that. Okay. <laughs> um, so, hi, everybody. I'm sat here with Lyndon Rigglesworth, possibly the best named guest I've had on the podcast. So um, well done for that straight away off the bat. Thank you. Thank you for coming into the very plush studio uh, and joining me. Um, We met um, through a peer-to-peer support group that that, um, we're both now part of. Mm. Um, And we had a few conversations around our personal experiences, really. And as has happened a lot with me, um, I started edging towards, I wonder if this guy would come on to my show and, and talk about his experiences, because you are genu- genuinely an inspiration to me in terms of your recovery and the things you've been through. So I wonder if to kick things off, you'd mind just telling us your, your
1: story, really? Yeah, well, thank you um, for, for asking me here. Um, well, my story, um, okay, I've got um, quite a long history Um, of um, difficulties with anxiety um, most of my life really, but I've kind of managed them really quite well. Um, um, I remember as a child being very anxious, um, kind of obsessive in the way that I would think about things um, from a really early age, Um, and certainly through my adolescent years that was um, pretty much the the case. Um, but I've kind of managed reasonably well um, without medication um, and, and kind of spent certainly most of my adulthood functioning uh, relatively well. Um, this all sort of changed um, about a year ago um, when I became really really anxious um, and it commenced um It was kind of february March twenty eighteen um, that it started um, and I struggled to sleep um, and because I struggled to sleep, I began to worry about not being able to sleep mm-hmm. um, and I got into this horrible um vicious circle of sort of obsessive thinking about, about being unable to sleep and sure enough the next night I would struggle to sleep because mm. I was worrying about it. Um, this is a problem that I've had on and off um, for many, many years but it, it it really kind of shows its face and then after a few days it kind of... Withers away and, and, and back to normal. But anyway, um, due to a various um, external factors, there was, I was there was a lot of stress and changes going on at work, uh, which contributed to to my sort of um, mental health difficulties. Um, there was a lack of of I just I didn't feel particularly supported at the time, yeah. um, and certainly my. Yeah, the sleep um, elicited um, quite a strong anxious response. Um, I went to the the doctor, and I was told that it's it's just my anxiety, and that um, it's a blip; it, it'll pass. Um, and and to be honest, it, it did kind of improve, and then it came back, and I I started really really struggling. I couldn't eat properly. I was um, I wouldn't say I was having sort of panic attacks but I was i was just feeling tearful mm. um, lack of motivation um, and, and this sort of obsessive type thinking that, that I'm prone to um, eventually they, they put me on some antidepressants which um, the, the first ones they put me on um, didn't help at all they made me incredibly anxious um, to the point of um, I was sort of having these nightmares i, I didn't know I was incredibly distressed um, so
0: that i mean that that is one of the side effects that it,
1: the... it is yeah it is for for certain antidepressants it often gets worse before yeah. uh, before it gets better, but um it got to the point where i couldn't tolerate um, these these this um, particular type of antidepressants, so they they put me on another. Um, which worked really, really well, um, very quickly, it was a, a different type of antidepressant and um, um, at quite a low dose this antidepressant um, is actually sedating, so it helps you sleep um, and I, I took that for, for a few weeks and things quickly improved. Right. Um, basically what happened then, we were about to go on holiday and um, because I'm a light sleeper, I wear earplugs mm-hmm. um, on a night. And the side effect to that is that um, I sometimes get earwax in my ears, I get blocked ears. And just before we went on holiday, my, my ears were particularly blocked, one ear in particular, and it was really, really irritating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I went to my, my doctors and said could my ears be syringed and they said yes but you'll have to wait um, up, to, up to six weeks and I thought well I'm, I'm going on holiday next week you know, I can't. Yeah. Um, and I, so I said fair enough and I, I looked online and I went to a, a private hearing clinic um, that had a, a vacancy then a space the next day and um, they, they used microsuction on my ear um, to to eliminate the the earwax. When they do that, you actually see them doing it because it's on a on a screen. <laughs> right. And um, so essentially, you're looking at the uh, inside of your head, of your ear. Wow. And it's quite um, anxiety provoking. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, and they did that, and they removed the some of the wax, but it was really loud. Um, so that that was that. Yeah. Immediately after that, I started really, really bad with uh, tinnitus, which, um, oh. if you don't know what that is, it's um, potentially an incredibly debilitating condition that, um, it, for me, it's a loud, high-pitched noise in my ears that is there 24 hours a day. It never really stops. Um, <laughs> that now,
0: sounds torturous.
1: That, that's what everybody says. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I have had tinnitus on and off for many years, um, but it never really bothers me. It would bother me for a while, and then it would, it would go. But it, it just didn't go. And it got worse. Um, to the point um, that it, it was literally driving me insane. Um, we went on holiday, and I couldn't leave the hotel. I began... began obsessively researching um, tinnitus online on my phone, I, I looked, I was sort of OCD um, type thinking started um, and it, it's essentially tinnitus is um, a noise that can vary for different people. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have um, pulsatile tinnitus which is, um, goes in, in tune with your heartbeat which is a thud which is right. continuous. Other people have a low noise, or, or for me it's a, it's a really high-pitched noise. Uh, it's there as we speak. Um, now that I'm talking about it, it's there really, really loud. Um, uh-huh. So anyway, um, the tinnitus showed its face and um, essentially it ruined the holiday. I just um, I couldn't enjoy myself, I couldn't eat, couldn't sleep. Uh, then I'd worry about not sleeping, on and on it went we returned home um, I went back to the GP and I was told again just to be patient, it's a blip, it will pass. Um, She also gave me a leaflet on tinnitus saying that um, it can be so serious that some people commit suicide Um, and the way I was feeling at the time uh, wasn't the most um, kind of helpful um, bit of literature. Um, to be given um, my mood just got worse and worse I began um, having really vivid, intrusive thoughts um, the most horrendous, irrational thoughts and images um, I was thinking and seeing things about um, cutting my own head off um, wow. about um, I, I, these obsessive thoughts about um, that different things meant different things. So if if I thought, if I had a sexual thought about somebody else, it would mean that I'm an unfaithful person to mm. my partner. If I had an aggressive thought or an angry thought, it would mean that I'm a, this bad person. Yeah. All this OCD type stuff went through the roof um, and I ended up, it got so bad that my my partner um, called the, the crisis team um, and they agreed to, to assess me. Um, by this point I'd stopped, I couldn't eat, I, I was losing weight, I was crying, um, probably every hour for about five or ten minutes I'd cry, I'd wake up on a morning, um, I'd lay on the sofa crying, I couldn't, I'd have the tinnitus and it got so bad that I honestly didn't think I'd see 2018 out, I thought um, I was going to end my life because it it got to the point where I rationally and genuinely believed that if I wasn't here then at least I wouldn't feel how bad I felt Um, and from going from Being somebody who gets anxiety but who manages and essentially has a a really happy, settled life to somebody who wants to to end the life because they can't tolerate how they feel is quite um, extreme. It is.
0: And do you think that some... So, I mean, thank you for sharing all of that. I mean, it's it basically gets to as bad as it can get in terms mm. of it's what it ends up being what what you can bear isn't it mm. you're just trying to get through you're just trying to get through, um, so some of those things actually coincided with when you started on the medication that mm. that helped so it's you know I don't know if that's um, was a, a factor there in terms of some of the side effects but then also some of the positive stuff mm. you said. Yes, it was the medication, you said it happened quite quickly, mm. um, but because it had a sedative quality in there, helped you sleep, and there is something, you know, sleep is so important, isn't it, yeah. It's well mood?
1: What kind of happened, this, this was a second antidepressant medication that I'd, I'd taken that, that did work for a while, um, but when the tinnitus started, um, the, the medication stopped working. Um, because I couldn't sleep, um, um. so when I went for the assessment with the with the psychiatrist, they their immediate reaction was, well, we'll we'll increase the, the antidepressant, um, which they did. And, and although it worked for a few weeks, the the increase in medication didn't didn't help me at all. It, it made me very groggy, very lethargic. Um, And to cut a long story short, the the end result of that was that, um, at this time obviously I was off work, um, and I went back home, um, I think for another week or so, and it got so bad my partner again rang the the crisis services who, because I wasn't known to the mental health team, um, they rightly viewed it as a, a serious um, crisis and mm-hmm. they assessed me again and it was at that point that um, they could see I was visibly acutely um, and well and yeah. they, they said well you know the, the choices are you can you can come into the they call it the crisis assessment unit at the the Becklin Center mm-hmm. for us to assess you here um, or um, you can be sort of visited at home by the intensive community service which uh, they come out every day to see you they'll be um, cpns that come and see you and basically what what would you what do you want to do so i kind of went into to the hospital as a voluntary patient um, and i spent a week in there a week um, in there and i'll discuss that later um, they changed my antidepressant medication again um, to a different one, um, one of the original um, SSRI mm-hmm. antidepressants, which is it's called fluvoxamine. Um, now, people immediately, including the psychiatrist and the doctor, think they're saying fluoxetine, which is in fact uh, Prozac, but it, it's not fluoxetine, it's a fluvoxamine. Mm-hmm. it's a very old one um, that works incredibly well. Um, so I spent a week in the hospital, I was discharged from there um, on the new medication and I was discharged home with support from the intensive community service right. um, and they came out every day to see me for about two weeks. Um, and they eventually they discharged me, and they allocated um, a community uh, nurse, a mental health nurse, who who visited me probably once a week. Um, throughout all this um, situation, I, I accessed the help of a, a private um, CBT therapist who is. Absolutely wonderful, um, and she is a therapist that I've seen over the years on and off um, for support, um, mm. and that's over at the Orchard in Horsforth, which is a, a private, um, I think it's a complimentary therapy place. Yeah, um, and my therapist um, has supported me throughout me being unwell and given me many, many tools to, to deal with. Um, With the situation.
0: Well, this is, you saying that is interesting because that quite often, in terms of, we said this before we started recording, in terms of recovery, you know, it's it's, it's like a never, it's like something you're never actually going to get to the end of. Mm. It's like a a continual thing, isn't it? And there's lots of different things to try.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, the, uh, as I say, I was discharged back home. Um, and then I had the the community nurse come out to see me. I also have support from uh, workplace leads um, who have supported me to get back to work and, and back to my, my my role. Who have been absolutely brilliant. Um,
0: so what kind of when you say support? What kind they, of support have they offered? They
1: they the team that are in, involved with me are called um, the job retention. Uh, team now, my there was never any question um, that my my job was at risk, but um, obviously I was off sick for for four months, which is a long time. Mm. I was acutely unwell, um, so it, they they come out, they meet with your employer, they discuss any sort of reasonable adjustments that might be helpful, um, and I still see them now. Um, I've got I think another six months, and they work with people for up to a year. Um, so all this happened, um, and I can honestly say, um, and <laughs> I'll, I'll elaborate further in a minute about how I've achieved this, but um, from being literally at death's door um, to, to just the living hell, I would wake every morning and within 10 seconds of waking the tinnitus would, would be there, Yeah. I just thought, well my life is, is over really. I can't um I can't live like this anymore. Um from from going to that living hell, I, I now enjoy an incredibly good life. Um I work really hard for that and I, I've done that through various um I have many tools now in my my, my toolbox, I've lots of um, tools from CBT. I have my my medication, um, which is only a relatively low dose, um, but it, it's really effective. Yeah, yeah. In terms of the tinnitus, um, it was actually a psychiatrist who, um, who who really helped me with it. And she said to me that with tinnitus, it isn't the noise itself or the level of the noise that problem that's the problem the the problem is how how you react and the meaning you give that, that noise uh-huh. and she said that basically when with tinnitus essentially your your limbic system in your brain your, your amygdala and the the sort of emotional compartment of your brain perceives tinnitus as as a threat so it does what it thinks is the right thing. So it, it
0: heightens your
1: you fight-or-flight fight or or mode immediately. Yeah. Um, so essentially with tinnitus, you become locked in this vicious circle whereby you're, you're constantly, constantly in that in state. Adrenaline, yeah. um, cortisol, is pumping around you. And she said the secret is to relearn that tinnitus isn't a threat, and you do that by automatically your brain will perceive it as a threat, so as soon as you hear the tinnitus, you you catch that um, automatic reaction and it, it, it's a cognitive technique, and you reevaluate the the situation so for me, I, can't, I, I I know it's not a threat, I know it doesn't mean anything, it's just a noise. yeah. I now perceive it as a minor kind of irritation that that sometimes it bothers me, sometimes it doesn't. And I accept through my other practices including mindfulness and and meditation um, that I do regularly Mm -hmm. I kind of live alongside the tinnitus now. It's part of me. I, I can't change it, yeah. and it's a bit like the um, the Serenity Prayer um, in I think in, in AA um, in the twelve step programs. Um, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. And it's quite powerful. Wow. Yes. I kind of accept that I have tinnitus. And I can't, I can't really do anything about that.
0: Um, but that in itself is yeah. a powerful thing, Linda, like to, to, to be able to accept that. Yeah, because because if you know that something's not going away, yeah. So it's on a, It's a different thing. But um, <clears throat> my specialist subject around mental health, because of lived experience, is anxiety. is yeah. <clears throat> anxiety as well, and the. I don't think it will ever go away, Mm. you know. Which, which actually is quite a hard thing to swallow because you kind of—I've done lots of work on trying to do lots of work on myself and Mm. lots of trying to, you know, build an arsenal of tools and weapons that I can use against it, or Mm. you know, or things I can use to defuse it. But it still always comes back. Mm. So it's quite hard to accept something. Mm. Um, But when you—but when you do. Give yourself, give into it a little bit, yeah. or give way to it a little bit. It actually helps, mm. but I can't imagine. You know, I can't imagine that with the tinnitus, which is like a physical. You know, it's a sound. It, it um, is, and
1: it, it it's like for me the I, as I say I, I do I do the meditation the mindfulness I, I attend um, a yoga group every week. I'm, I'm not particularly good at, but I'm I'm improving, um, and I swim. I, I've, I've Developed this love for um, for swimming, and at least five days a week now I'll, I'll swim, and I'll do I'll do nearly a mile at a time, mm-hmm. um, and and it, it's as though I've kind of invested all this energy into to being well. I, I kind of I use the tools that I learned in therapy. I use the the services that have been. Made available to me. I attend the Healthy Minds group with, mm-hmm. with yourself, which is brilliant. Um, being asked to do this is is, is, is really helpful. The, in a nutshell, for me, I'm not really scared anymore of, of being anxious, um, and I can tolerate my difficulties. Yeah. Being able to tolerate it doesn't mean I don't like uh, that I uh, that I like it. <laughs> Absolutely no, yeah. I can I can put up with it.
0: There's, there's the thing, tolerance of uncertainty, yes, isn't there? Yes, there is. You know, like there it is. is it's something I'd never heard of. Yeah. And I in fact had to I really had to break it down the first time I heard yeah. that expression. I was like, okay, I understand what tolerance means. Yeah. I understand what uncertainty means. Oh, okay, right, yeah. yeah. My tolerance of things I'm not certain about, actually is pretty low, and that's yeah. where a lot of my anxiety mm-hmm. comes from. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think this is quite a good time, if I can, to, can, you know, I said to you, I warned you before we came, uh, before I pressed record, I wanted to just read a little bit that you'd written. Mm. You've said something similar there, but when I wrote to you to ask you to come onto the programme and then uh, you, you came back to me, um, and you said this, and it really, really stuck with me, so I'm just going to read it with, you, with your permission. So what, what you'd said to me was, um, to be honest, although my anxiety would prefer me not to say or think this, since being so unwell last year and my subsequent recovery, my mental health has never been better. I work, this is the bit. I work really hard at staying well, and a big part of this is due to the level of fear I experienced when I was ill. I've created a life for myself of self-care and acceptance. Mm. And I guess I'm really fortunate to have managed with lots of support to turn things around. There's a few things in there that literally rolled around in my head for a couple of days. And you just wrote that as a paragraph. But yeah. it was amazing because you, what, the, the thing that you, you're saying, you work really hard at mm. staying well. It's a priority of yours. Being well is a priority. It's something you have to prioritise. Yeah. And this, for other, pe- you know, for people listening, is gold dust. Because yeah. it doesn't just happen to you. You don't just get
1: fixed. You, you don't. And I, prior to being well, I, I used to drink. I used to drink too much. I used to smoke. Um, and I, I think, to be honest, um, I mean, cigarettes for me used to be bad for my mental health. They would feed into the... The anxiety. I lost my my mum um, of lung cancer. Uh, my dad had died of, of heart disease. They were both smokers. Mm. When I was younger, um, and I would constantly yo-yo from from stopping to starting to stopping. I would I would drink and then not drink, and you know I've I've, I've had a massive a massive sort of turnaround um, through fear. Yeah, it, it, it's it petrified me being been so unwell um, and I don't know, you get people who say that they get hooked on on the exercise, I, I don't know if I'm hooked on it, I do it now um, I like the whole it fits in really well for me because it's meditative, it's repetitive yeah, absolutely. it's structured So for somebody it's rhythmic with, isn't it? yeah, swimming, like. I mean I, I, I have a diagnosis of, of obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety that's what they, they've said my 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 label is yeah. and then um, something like swimming and having a routine fit it helps. some real good advantages to having OCD if there's, you working can yeah. I
0: can I ask you one more question we've just got like five minutes left yeah. or so but there's there's something you put in the email in this email to me And I don't know if you've worded it like this deliberately. So if you haven't, we'll just move on. But like, but I really wanted to ask you about this because you refer to your anxiety, like in the third person. You said, you say, to be honest, although my anxiety would prefer me not to say or think this. Mm. So you talk about it like it's another thing.
1: Yeah, without sort of getting all. Sort of spiritual. I, I don't um, believe that anxiety sort of defines me. I think it is 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 something that I experience. But it, it's you know I'm I'm a person in my own right. Yeah. And, um It's weird you should say that because I was thinking the other day um, that it's almost recently like my sort of identities changed because for for a long time I've been somebody who's been unwell and. Last sort of couple of months, I'm, I wouldn't really say I'm yeah. that well. I am that unwell.
0: I'm so excited talking to you, honestly. Yeah. It's...
1: What, what I'd like to say before we finish um, part of the, in addition to all the, the sort of self help things that I do and the brilliant support from the uh, mental health services that, that I've had, I mean, and that also included is um, Dial House, which is a, a crisis centre that I, I went to, and I was. Um, in a really bad way, and they were they were wonderful. Um, I just wanted to make reference to um, the, uh, um, an approach that, that stems from CBT, sure, and it's called um, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, or ACT for short. Okay. Um, this, along with another similar. Um, branch of CBT um, which is the um, compassion focused therapy. Um, These are two things, two areas that were recommended by my my lovely therapist um, and they're they're gold dust for me Um, and very briefly the the acceptance and commitment therapy, um, it approaches anxiety um, a little uh, differently than, than most other approaches. Instead instead of trying to help um, you to overcome or reduce feelings of anxiety, this approach helps you climb inside your feelings and sit in that place and see what it would be like to have anxiety and still make room in your life to breathe and rest and live. So essentially, wow. it's not aiming to get rid of the anxiety, this kind of thing. It's aiming to... Um, to to live alongside the anxiety, and it gives a really, really clear explanation on why we we suffer anxiety, and indeed the compassionate um, focus therapy um, emphasises the the need for for self compassion for for being kind to yourself you know at the end of the day it isn't our fault or your fault if you're anxious um, we're programmed to be anxious and life's experiences um, childhood genetics and the environment everything plays yeah. a part um, so really that's the message that i've got from it that it's okay to be anxious it's not very that's nice so but it's okay it's
0: so powerful that linden i mean are those those you bought two books in? Are those yes. two books worth giving a shout out? Are they things they're, that
1: they're, they're absolute? So you've absolutely got the are. so
0: you've got the compassionate mind approach to overcoming anxiety uh, by Dennis is that Turch T I R C H Yeah, um, and then the other one. So things might go terribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> a guide to life liberated from anxiety by Kelly G. Wilson, PhD, yeah. uh, and Troy Defrain, which is D-U-F-R-E-N-E. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to buy those two as soon as I, as soon as we Brilliant. switch off, off the yeah. air here. I just want to say one more one more thing or a couple more things, okay. and that is that you know you said about the spirituality thing and the. Um, But that approach, that living alongside and seeing anxiety as, I've once described, heard it described, sorry, as, you know, if you can take your awareness to the anxiety and and basically look at it as, oh, there is anxiety here, Mm. as opposed to, you know, I, self-fulfilling prophecy, just have defined myself and described myself as an anxious person Mm. since I can remember. Mm. Well. No, it's just there's anxiety present in mm. lots of occasions, and it's whether I attach myself to it mm. or how I actually deal with it. So, <clears throat> I struggle with it still. Mm. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna buy those two and um, and really like see if see if I can actually give those a go. Mm. I know a lot of that stuff was so so personal, and it means so much to me that you've been prepared to come on and talk about it. So thank, thank you. you so much. Um, and if there was um, Anything else you wanted to say to people?
1: Um. Just, um, yeah, it's an incredibly common um, situation to be in, to have anxiety. They they, they say one in four, but um, in fact, as, as the books we've mentioned explain, it, it's far more than that. Um, it might be one in four people who, who actually seek help. Yeah, but it, I it's agree. A, it's a human condition um and it, it is on the increase and um so it can be dealt with and it can be managed
0: fantastic again thank you so much for coming thank in you. Um, thank you guys um for listening out there as always um, please follow me on twitter at mental Comms, um, and on instagram at mental conversations um, please go onto itunes and other podcast places rate the podcasts Um, Write some comments so that we can try and share this as widely as possible. Thanks ever so much. Uh, Another episode will be winging its way to the scene. Thanks, Lindy.